bringing it home in the first race for the new era of GTP, the hybrid era in IMSA WeatherTech competition. Tom Blomquist and Maya Shek Racing win the 2023 Rolex 24 at Daytona. And Spider-Man Elio Castro Neves gets three in a row. Their teammates, Simon Pagano and Colin Brown, victorious here at the World Center of Racing. They defend their Rolex 24 crown. Mike is a dear friend, great champion, has built an amazing team, and, and it pains me uh, not to see him. I competed against him. I um, have, have known him and certainly his drivers for a long time. So that is a, a slight missing piece of the puzzle uh, for me this year uh, just because of a you know deep relationship, you know, racing's a family. It was a tough situation, and it still pains me. Um, I lost personally a lot of sleep, and I know – a lot of other people did too, but our series and, and motorsport and sport in general is built on fair competition. But I can, you know, there's no, I can't sugarcoat it. It's tough. It's very hard not being there knowing that we're peaking. We're absolutely at the top of our strength on the IMSA side right now, and, and we deserve to be there. Greetings, welcome to the NASCAR NBC podcast. I'm your host, Nate Ryan. The 62nd annual running of the Rolex 24 at Daytona will begin January 27th, but the prestigious endurance race will be missing some very familiar and successful faces on the starting grid. Meyer Shank Racing is the two-time defending overall winner of the Rolex 24. Last year, Tom Blomquist, Colin Brown, Elio Castroneves, and Simon Pagano combined to win the 2023 IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship season opener. They won it from the pole position in the debut of the hybrid prototype LMDH cars of the rebranded Grand Touring Prototype category. The team had entered the 2023 season as the champions in the final year of the DPI class, bookending the title with wins in the 2022 Rolex 24 at Daytona and then in the Petit Le Mans season finale. But as the 2024 IMSA season dawned last Friday, with the roar before the Rolex 24 test session, team owner Mike Shank was at home in Ohio, instead of Daytona International Speedway, where he had spent most of his past 20 Januaries as a longtime personality in sports cars. Not, not a great day for us, you know. Um, we have worked really hard on the IMSA side. Just talking specific IMSA, we've had tremendous success there. Um, through multiple brands, but a lot with Honda and Acura. So uh, we've been really proud of that. Um, so it's hard just kind of not going out on the terms we'd like to go out on, you know. So, you know, it doesn't mean we're done, though, you know. So we're working on hard for the next program, and um, we'll see where we end up here. But um, I'm very I'm very hopeful for the future, but definitely bummed uh, for today, you know, for this weekend, this year, you know. For the first time in two decades, Shank won't have an entry in IMSA this season after a costly punishment for manipulating tire pressure data during last year's Rolex 24 win left him without a manufacturer deal for 2024. And though he is burning up the phone lines trying to secure a deal to return for the 2025 season, Shank decided to skip networking in person at Daytona this year. You know, my wife said to me, I got to get you as far away from that place as we can. <laughs> so uh, we're going to go down to Key West next weekend on our boat and hang out in the sun and watch the race on the TV on the boat and just try to just try to relax a little bit and get ready for a very, very busy, you know, IndyCar thing that we got going on. So 
that's our plan now. And, um, you know, I'll be keeping, you, you can imagine, I'll be keeping super close tabs on everything, you know. Sports cars have been a large part of Shank's racing life since 2004, when he was a foundational part of Jim France's new Daytona prototype era. The cost-effective concept was to give scrappy teams like Shank's a chance to compete. Shank mortgaged his house to help fund his fledgling prototype program, a move that would pay off when he won the 2012 Rolex 24 at Daytona with A.J. Allmendinger and the late Justin Wilson in his lineup. Mike Shank's not a billionaire businessman that came in and started a racing team. He started brick by brick. I think it's a great American story for a young guy coming from the Midwest, very modest. We didn't make a lot of money. I had to figure out other ways to get to the top of motorsports. This effort means a lot to Michael Shank, who mortgaged his home to help fund this effort. We had some great people along the way come and help us to keep elevating us to the next level. The Rolex in 2012 was the beginning of everything. It has been a long, long wait. Mike Shank Racing finally does it! That group of people on that given day were destined to win that race, I think. We all wanted to win it so bad, but I think uh, more than anything, we wanted to win it for Mike Shane because he works harder than anybody I've ever met. Dude's absolutely amazing. Well, you know, when he created DP, it was for teams like ours. You know, literally, when you created a Daytona prototype, it was for teams that had a, a reasonable kind of regional budget with a good car and good engineering. You could do well. You could compete against the big ones at the time. That was a prototypical model, and that's what we did. And that's I think that's what he appreciated about what we brought to the table back then. Uh, you could even relate that to how, you know, Justin Marks has done it with uh, NASCAR and the new model in NASCAR. It's kind of the same way. When the, when the tables get re-leveled from a technical standpoint, it brings everybody out, and that's what happened to us in 2004 with Jim. But the team's ascent truly took flight in 2021, when Elio Castroneves joined Shank's teams in IMSA and IndyCar, and immediately became the fourth four-time winner of the Indianapolis 500. It was destiny for sure. Welcome to the four-time club, Elio Castroneves! Crossing the finish line, and I even remember saying just to myself, Screaming, can you believe it? We did it. That was a special moment and just a, a perfect testimony that people work hard, understand that, you know, sometimes you go through difficult scenarios. If it meant to be, will be. Eight months later, Castroneves anchored Meyer Shank Racing's second victory in the Rolex 24 at Daytona. And he then drove a second full time entry during the 2022 IndyCar season for Meyer Shank Racing, as the corporate sponsorship money poured into the team. The Indy 500 win has changed our life in so many ways. I've found that it's the gift that keeps on giving. It legitimizes us, brought a lot of notoriety to our team, and it's exactly what I worked for my entire life. By the time of its 2023 Rolex 24 victory, Meyer Shank Racing had completed the transformation from underdog to IMSA powerhouse. It makes me think about all the times when I don't think our team got respect for as good as we, we were, or at least I thought we were. And I think about those times and it feels like a little redemption. And I love that because in a lot of people's mind, we're still a small team that can and all this kind of stuff that I really get tired of. Uh, we're not a small team anymore and we've won some of the bigger, biggest races in the world and I can bank our results against anyone, I think. But it's taken a long time to get there. So it makes me think of that. It makes me think how far we've come and how proud I am of the people that have been at MSR for 
some of them 25 and 26 years, uh, what we've all done together. David Salters, the president of Honda's U.S. racing arm, was effusive in his praise of what Shank and the team meant to the Acura program after the 2023 Rolex 24 win. Oh, Mike is wonderful. Um, the res results in racing, results speak for themselves. That's all you need to know. Two Daytona wins, championship, Indy 500. You cannot do much better in North America, can you? We all just work together, but it's again, it's people doing work. We're grounded. Today's great, right, tomorrow, what are we going to do for Sebring? So that's the standard we set ourselves. But it's actually just to appreciate the people. Mike is really smart. He's got the right people in the right places. His team is tremendous. He has really knuckled down and built, you know, has taken his team to the next level. Just go in his pit box and look what's happened. That's just the mentality of how can I be the best? But the tenor of the Honda-MSR relationship would change soon afterward. Honda discovered Meyershank Racing had manipulated its tire pressure data during the Rolex 24 victory and self-reported the findings to IMSA after conducting a detailed investigation. After its own investigation to ensure no other teams had fudged tire data, IMSA hammered MSR with a penalty that stripped the team of virtually everything from Daytona but its victory, trophy, and Rolex watches. An engineer whom MSR said was responsible was indefinitely suspended by IMSA and fired by the team. IMSA also implemented new processes to prevent future attempts at circumventing tire pressure regulations. But IMSA President John Doonan said he and others have wrestled with the penalty's impact on Shank. Mike is a dear friend, great champion, has built an amazing team, and, and it pains me uh, not to see him. I competed against him. I um, have, have known him and, and certainly his drivers for a long time. So that is a, a slight missing piece of the puzzle uh, for me this year uh, just because of a you know deep relationship. And as you know, Nate, you know, racing's a family. Um, but it was it was a tough situation and um, it it, it still pains me. Um, I lost personally a lot of sleep, and I know a lot of other people did too, but our series and, and motorsport and sport in general is built on fair competition. And um, when we learned of, you know, the fact that offsets had been put in to the tire, tire pressure monitoring system uh, such that the data we saw was, was fine, but the true data was out of compliance, that was a tough one to swallow. Anytime that happens in sport, it's it's really ch challenging to to accept um, that. At the same time, um, it's incumbent on us as a sanctioning body to make sure that that never happens again. Um, and the way that we have data streams set up, uh, regulations set up, and obviously it's incumbent on the competitors manufacturers, individual race teams, drivers to play fairly. And since then, you know, we've learned a lot. Um, previously, you know, the data streams didn't come directly to us. They came through a, a series of channels, but we've put in a significant amount of time to develop uh, regulations that we actually implemented throughout the 23 season of regular checks on pit lane and in, in cooperation with our partners at Michelin you know, processes to improve the integrity and how it arrives to us um, and ways to verify it. 
as accurate, whether it's, you know, again, in cooperation with Michelin spot checks, uh, when tires come off of the car spot checks potentially before the tires uh, go on cars. So, you know, numerous layers of what I would call security, safety, validation checks that would uh, prevent this type of thing from happening again, highly sophisticated race cars, highly sophisticated processes to run them and to officiate them. So I go into the race with a lot more confidence that, you know, we've taken the right steps to make sure uh, that nothing like that ever happens again. But beyond a $50,000 fine and huge points deductions, the worst fallout was MSR's support from Acura. In a terse statement after the penalty, Salter said Honda was extremely disappointed in the misconduct of Meyer Shank Racing and does not tolerate any delinquency or data manipulation of any kind. We completely support the actions of IMSA in this matter. We have put in a huge effort over two years with our chassis partners into the ARX 06 to make the best race car we could. To have this put into question is unacceptable. Meyer Shank Racing was in a contract year with the Acura program. Rather than renew the team's deal, Acura elected to stay at two cars in 2024, as a second car was added at Wayne Taylor Racing Andretti, which finished second to MSR at Daytona. After a rash of tire failures in the 2021 Rolex 24 at Daytona, IMSA had began regulating and monitoring minimum tire pressures in 2022. NBC Sports analyst Calvin Fish said MSR's data manipulation would have provided an edge, but not necessarily have won the race for the number 60. It's just such a shame. I mean, that's how I look at it. It's just such a shame because they could have won the title last year. Um, whether it was a specific individual or whether there were more people in, in, in the know of what was going on there at the 24, these cars are really tricky. I mean, under combined load, Nate, when you're accelerating and turning, uh, these cars are really tricky to drive. We saw it on numerous occasions last year. And I think what they were able to do with that tweak with their tire pressure was make the car more comfortable uh, for their drivers, particularly on outlaps and things like that. And it gave them an advantage, um, whether it handed them the win. I mean, Wayne Taylor finished right behind them, so the accuracy were quick. They could have won it without and could have followed up on their 2022 uh, win without doing that. And, um, you know, it's just so disappointing that we now talk about going into this year without them, because I think there was a fallout in the relationship with Acura because of that. I mean, the Japanese culture uh, didn't go down well. And um, I think Wayne always wanted a two-car program. I think that was somewhat, I wouldn't say it was 100% locked in, but 90% locked in that they were going to two cars. Um, Mike's, uh, Mike Shank's deal with Acura was up at the end of 23. Um, so it was really a question that they, they collectively didn't renew. Yeah, lo lots of questions. I mean, obviously a lot of it is confidential between the groups, which we certainly understand. Um, but yeah, just disappointing and a shame. I mean, I have total admiration for Mike Shank and what that team has done over the years. They've been one of the linchpins of our IMSA slash Rolex Grand Am days. And um, to not see them on the grid is disappointing in itself, let alone, you know, going in and talking about, well, the team that uh, won here last year, how did they win? Since an apology statement about the incident in which the team said the matter was closed, MSR has been tight-lipped about what happened at Daytona. 
Shank frequently has referred to it as the problem or the issue that the team had in January. One of the rare instances in which he had more to say came after Meyer Shank Racing's first win since Daytona. The victory at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park was more than five months after the Rolex 24. But Shank still had a message for his haters. Well, we lost some track position on that one pit exchange. We just had a little problem, put us in third. We could see we weren't going to pass our way up to the lead, so we were like, well, we missed this pit entry. They closed the pits. We had to stay out, and we're like, screw it, let's just go. We're either going to win it or we're going to finish eighth, and I'm not here to finish eighth anymore. So I just want to say one thing. There's a lot of people that said a lot of nasty things about my team, my family, uh, my partner, Jim Meyer, since January, and I just want to say this is for them. This is all due to the work from HBD Acura and the MSR team. This is incredible uh, machine and, and really purpose-built for a track like this, so we thank everyone involved. MSR would win again in the Petit Le Mans season finale. It was a bittersweet end to 2023. The team still finished third in the point standings and likely would have won a second consecutive series championship without its Daytona penalties. What does it mean to you to close out this era, only temporarily though, in the way that you've done it with all that you've gone through this year? I said a million times, I gotta thank Acura and HPD, but these drivers and this team ultimately, so grateful, so happy, um, 20th season. This is three uh, Petit Le Mans wins for us. Uh, we, we've, we've just done a hell of a job. We went from P last in the championship to P3, and uh, without our issue uh, at Daytona, we'd win going away. So I'm super proud. No one deserves it more than this team. And uh, again, thank you, Ed John Acadie here from Acura, which I love, and uh, man alive, what a day, what a day. Blomquist and Brown put the star cross season in perspective afterward. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's incredible. I think... Uh... You know, good things happen to good guys, and uh, you know I think this couldn't be more true. Uh, you know, we've won three races this year. Uh, obviously, we you know we don't have a championship, but uh, I mean, well, yeah, I couldn't be more proud and at the same time grateful to have you know spent these last two seasons with this team. Um, you know, we've done a lot together. Uh, you know, won some good races, and it's just such a good team atmosphere and, and and it's like a family and uh yeah they they work hard they never give up i mean but yeah it's just been an absolutely fantastic day and to see the emotion on everyone's face within the team uh when we get a result like this you know when everyone knows it's basically the last race and they're not coming back next year uh you know that was really special and cool to see i don't know if it's redemption but i mean man we are certainly uh you know fight to the end kind of team and um you know, we just put our heads down and, and kept doing the job that we've been doing all year. Uh, you know, I think it's just testament to sort of the the group that Mike's built and the tenacity. And, you know, we're just really, really hungry to go and, and win races. And, um, you know, we could be aggressive and we could, you know, take some chances. And, and you know, I think, as, as Tom said, good things happen to good people. And, you know, just a super duper good group of people that are all just, you know, die hard trying to win every race we can. And, and, um, you know, there wasn't a lot of, a lot of BS. We were just heads down doing our thing, you know, didn't, um, yeah, nothing really got in our way. We just kept fighting all the way. There would be some good news for Blomquist and Brown as both found rides for the 2024 Rolex 24 at Daytona. Blomquist, who will become a full-time IndyCar driver with MSR this season, will be the endurance driver for the number 31 Action Express Cadillac. Brown has returned to the LMP2 category with the CrowdStrike team. It's a bit of a relief for Shank, who used his connections to get them on the grid. 
I, I did everything to help to do that. I called people, I, you know, everything, you know, I could to make sure those boys are racing there. Because, again, they're in the same vein. They both deserve to be there at a high level. And um, they both have proven themselves in the trenches here at IMSA. And, um, and I think you'll see both of them do star individually in what they're doing there this year. But I can promise you I have uh, options on those boys if we get back going here. The other two drivers from last year's winning lineup won't be racing at Daytona this year. Simon Pagano hasn't raced since he was injured in an IndyCar practice crash at Mid-Ohio last July. And after being in the lineup for the past three Rolex 24 Daytona winners, Elio Castroneves won't have the chance to win a fourth consecutive Rolex, despite his best efforts. Castroneves tried to laugh off the situation, but his absence from this year's grid clearly stings. Yes, I did try. I spoke, I spoke with several teams. Uh, they didn't seem to be interested. And uh, even joke about that if they want to win, uh, they should have me because the last three, the last three uh, times that the win, the winner, uh, it was me. So I guess they didn't want to win. So which is fine. I um, but in the end of the day, I didn't want to put myself also in a very bad spot. So yeah, it's a shame that it didn't happen. Disappointed with that because I want to defend my my win and going for the number four in a row, which will be fantastic. But uh, things happen for a reason, and uh, we wait for the right opportunity to go back. In the meantime, Castro Neves will focus on trying to win a fifth Indy 500 in May in a new role, having become a minority owner and team executive at MSR last year. Shank also tried to help secure a ride for Castro Neves, a 10-time winner in IMSA. The answer is yes, I am a little bit surprised. Everyone's got their own agenda and their own thoughts on things, so I, I can't answer to why people wouldn't do that, but uh, he's been valuable. In fact, in 2022, he anchored the race. He he, he won the race for us. In he was in the car when we won in 22, you know. I don't know. I, I, I It's a little bit of a mystery, and I said the same thing to him, but... You know, he, he and I are both like, let's roll on. This is, is what it is, and um, let's keep working, working on all of our sponsors and partners and, and certainly OEMs to, to get us back to where we want to be. And I think he probably could have done it. I think there was some, some things hanging around, but I just think he wanted to do it at the, at the level that he's been at the last three years. I mean, you're talking about a guy who won four Indies and three, three Rolexes overall yeah. in a row, you know, plus two petites in a row. If it seems as if Castro Neves' accomplishments got lost in the shuffle, that might be the feeling that Shank experiences this year starting at Daytona. The saying, out of sight, out of mind, could have originated in auto racing. And Shank is resigned to the fact his team largely will be overlooked at Daytona this month, despite being a two-time defending Rolex 24 overall champion. Yeah, probably. That, that, yeah, that's, that's tough. Yeah, for sure. But if you look at our record over 20 years, we won it three times overall. We've got, I can't even tell you how many top fives and podiums and how many times we've finished the race. The success we've had there is great. And the people that are in the know kind of know that. But, um, you know, we had we had a tough thing happen to us in January. And, it, um, you know, we, we, we went on and, and arguably, arguably we had the best season of anybody out there. We beat both Penske's, both Ray Hall's, the Ganassi in the championship. Even after you, 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 it was not, it was like you know, point wise, it was like we won at Daytona, you know. So mm-hmm. I think we're the best team on the pit lane right now. I've been able to retain my whole entire crew um, it, it, to do other things until we figure out where we're at. Kept all of our equipment, so we're a turnkey championship level team 
Um, and, and we're talking to lots of different groups right now. So, you know, we'll see where that leaves us. I don't totally know the future, but, you know, we want to be back and we're, we're going to work as hard as we can to, to be back, you know. With Lamborghini entering GTP this year and Alpine exploring an LMDH IMSA program for 2025, there are options for returning to the top prototype category. Shank declined to comment on specifics, but said he also would be open to returning to the GT category, where he won championships with the Acura NSX before moving to the top prototype class. You know, listen, I can't talk at all about who I'm speaking with, but I can tell you that um, I would like it to be GTP. But having said that, a uh, proper OEM GT deal too would be hard looked at too because we did that also remember from 2018 to 2020 we won two championships in a row for uh, Acura in the gtd um so i you know we would look at both what, what, what's most important is that we're in a proper program with really really next level engineering uh, that our team can grow from and bring our side of it too but grow from the new stuff coming right and oems really allow you to do that our, our big growth came as an example when we were with Acura and hpd and on hpd at the time um our group learned a lot because they are pushing boundaries, right? And it really expanded what we were capable of, and I, and I, I recognize that. So to answer your question, hopefully in GTP, but we'd look at a GTD deal, a proper one. I think Mike and the whole team will be back. Uh, I don't think the sports car era for Marshank Racing is over. They're determined to be back on the grid. Uh, and as we said earlier, when you look at the points for the rest of the year with everything tidied up and cleaned up and more discipline and protocol in place so that couldn't happen, they were the most successful team. Uh, they outscored the rest of the teams over the remaining uh, eight races in the championship. So uh, it's just such a shame that we're going to have to talk about it a little bit going into this year's race, um, where if that hadn't happened, maybe they would still be in sports car racing. And we'd be talking about them going for three straight uh, and how dominant they've been. Um, so it's just disappointing, really. Dunin said IMSA wants Shank back on its grid as soon as possible. Well, there's no doubt um, the stuff that Mike accomplished in IMSA, whether it was his Daytona prototype overall win uh, with Dinger and, and Justin Wilson, rest his soul. Um, the, the lap record, uh, speed record they did with that car at Daytona, um, the things he accomplished in GT racing, uh, multi-time champions with, with Acura and the NSX, getting the, the victory in, in uh, DPI and then in GTP. Guy is uh, built, and he and Beth have built an amazing race team uh, with Jim Meyer, and, and we love, love to have him back. And, uh, you know, if ever there's, uh, you know, any help I can provide him, I'm, I'm willing to step up and, and help him be back on the grid. Shank says he also is talking regularly with IMSA owner Jim France. John, for sure, even you know Jim France and I talk, you know, every month or so just to check in and see where we're at. You know, Jim took me under his wing a long time ago when we first got in, my wife and I first got in. I consider him friends, both of them, and Jim is a huge supporter of ours, and I know he'll he'll do everything on his side to, to make sure that we can kind of get back there. And um, we'd like to be back in 25, and for the meantime, we'll focus on improving our IndyCar program like you and I have talked in the past and and uh, see where it lands. It's, uh, but I, can, you know, there's no, I can't sugarcoat it. It's tough. It's very hard not being there knowing that we're peaking. We're absolutely at the top of our strength on the IMSA side right now, and, and we deserve to be there. 
we have a true love of, of IMSA and um, in sports car racing. And um, I'm, I promise you, I work on it every day. Every day, I work on something to how we get back, you know. Thanks for listening to the NASCAR and NBC podcast. And thanks to Matt Cleary, Matty Komar, and Nate Siebens for recording the interviews with Mike Shank and John Doonan. And thanks to Calvin Fish for his time. The Rolex 24 at Daytona will be taking place January 27th through 28th at Daytona International Speedway. For information on how to watch on NBC, USA, and Peacock, you can go to NBCSports.com motors. You'll find schedule information, results, entry lists, and the starting lineup, as well as NBC Sports features. That's at NBCSports.com motors. Thanks again for listening to the NASCAR and NBC podcast.